Hello and welcome to the Billowing Hilltop Podcast. We recommend SodaStream bring some effervescence to your D&D sessions. I'm here with everybody. Hello everybody. Hello everybody. We are sitting face to face. I'm with Johnny. Say hello Johnny. Hello there. Joss. Say hello Joss. Hi. Graham. Say hello Graham. Eve. Nico. Say hello Nico. Hello Nico. Dan. Say hello Dan. Hello Dan. Hello Dan. Hello Dan. We are without, as you will notice, the finest and Lucas. We are here face-to-face for the first time in a year and a half. We're having a wonderful time in the great gathering of the Elders of the Hilltop. Everybody enjoying themselves? Yes! Yes. Yes. We are enjoying ourselves. It's wonderful to be sitting face-to-face. We've been playing loads of D&D over the course of a weekend. We've been playing the Alien RPG, which I think we all enjoyed. Did we all enjoy it? Yeah, we all enjoyed it. That's kind of it. We just thought we'd record a little thing and say, Hello to everybody. Hello, readers. Let's push on with episode 47 of the Billowing Hilltop podcast, Dice Dice Baby. (laughs) (laughs) Right, okay. So, how is everybody? Oh, very well. Absolutely top-notch. Excellent. Do we need to start with the recap? It is Paul's turn to recap, but, I mean, do we want to do that, or should we just start with levelling up and recap a little bit before we do anything else, or what do you want to do? Let's just start with levelling up. Let us start (laughs) levelling up. Huh. Let us start with. Well, let's start with the recap. Oh, don't make me do a recap. Mm, mm. All right, I know I'll do the recap. Here we go. Here's the recap. We fought. Did we? We fought some things. We won. It was a very, very close <laughs> game. Um, we escaped by the skin of our teeth, and we argued a lot. Uh, I think I can't really remember. And we escaped really, really ju- just kind of right. by the skin of our teeth. We escaped. That's terrible. We no, no, no knowledge at all of what we fought. A perfect no. encyclopedic we, knowledge we fought, of the treasure is we about fought, to come out. We f- fought doppelgangers. <laughs> what, what oh, we I fought a doppelganger in the, in the form of uh, Hesty, and then we fought a do- also a doppelganger in the form of Marzana. And uh, they did a fireball, and Alessandra was the only one not to get caught by that. And um, then the, everybody else ran away, and then Alessandra had to follow. And then we went up back through the tunnel. But that and was then... the previous week. Can I stop you there? This is absolutely terrible. hopeless. It's hopeless. Yeah. Absolutely Was hopeless. that the previous week? I suggest that recap was so bad, we, yes. we should remove a magic dice. The others have done surprisingly well with that. <laughs> <laughs> you have done... We did a long rest. You have reached the very low bar that I We did a set. long rest, went back down. But no more. Yeah. Let's not get sorry about this, everyone. Hmm? Um, I mean, both of you. <laughs> um, but Paul is, you know... Anyway. Useless, I think, is the word you're looking for. We left things in the hidden complex of rooms underneath the abandoned warehouse in the district of Evenstar called Midnight by the Docks. I'm insulted. And as we left things, Telarkin is the name of this crime boss, doppelganger crime boss you defeated. I didn't get into it last week, but that's his, its name. And you've got Telarkin's gear and you leveled up. Let's do leveling up first. Let's go around the table, starting running from my left to my right. Let's start with Lucas. Fangs of the Fire Snake. I'm sorry, what? No, 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 no. Hello? (laughs) Lucas? (laughs) Lucas. No, that's my new uh, elemental attunement. I thought we'd um, overheard you ordering a takeaway. (laughs) Anyway, sorry. So tell tell us about... So so basically, it gives me... uh, I can spend a key point 
and then it so increases my mark. reach by this is the leveling up yeah this is what i get this level i can increase my reach by 10 feet for unarmed strikes so that basically means that if i do what? the first strike as an unarmed strike i can do four strikes with 15 foot reach whoa i hit this for this attack deals fire damage instead of bludgeoning and if you spend one key point when the attack hits it also deals an extra 1d10 fire damage sorry i'm not gonna <laughs> bloody hell that's a key point you... how many key points do you have are you sorry About you're absolutely five, sure it's not it's six. not extended to 10 feet six. it's extended by 10 by feet. 10 feet yes this has got to be checked on Okay. But it's six key... I mean, I've got six key points, right? Right. Yeah. So you can do it six so times. I, so you can so, only do this insanely overpowered thing six no, times well, per I can, short Okay, rest. so I can do it. <laughs> one key point, one key point to be able to do it. And then obviously if you want to do a flurry of another blows, key point to do it again. another key point for the flurry of blows. <laughs> so you could basically do it three times with flurry of blows. And you have to use unarmed strike, so it would basically be not using the uh, quarter oh, staff. Oh, yeah. Now, well, now, now you put it like that, Lucas. Mm. It's just... Yeah, it's it sounds like it's been it's diminished. It's almost not worth doing. Yeah. Mm. Um, Is that everything? Is that it? Don't um, tell me there's any more. Yeah, uh, well, I, so, and also I think now my unarmed strikes are now treated as magical weapons. Oh, are they now? Okay. Yeah. So you've got... So that's the... Special magical weapons that you can yeah. attack with about 80 times around, <laughs> uh, out to 15 feet. Yes. Right. So basically, Mickey Rourke in Iron Man 2, which is what I've been watching as part of my Marvel marathon, which we'll get into a bit later. <laughs> okay, next uh, is uh, Sessions. Graham, oh, okay, tell us well, about Sessions. Clearly not as exciting as, um, as Parker. I took another level in Cleric, which gets me fourth level spells, and that's hmm. it. The fourth level spells are quite interesting, as far as I can tell. Yeah, Flying cards at... Uh... So what did you take? 40, that slot? 40, well, um, you get one slot, I think. But I get a couple of always known spells. So I get Dimension Door. Oh, well, I took that. Did you? Okay, well, I get it anyhow. And I think what we should do is not level up anymore. <laughs> I quite like leveling up. Well, I, yeah, it's <laughs> quite I've pleasant. been reading ahead in the adventure and thinking, oh, that's a challenge. And now, of course, I'm thinking, no, no, it's not. Not for the teleporting, whirly arms of death mob. <laughs> okay. Yes. So basically, I I get um, Dimension Door and Polymorph as domain spells, so they're always prepared. Polymorph, I mean, yourself, other? How does it work now? Is there still a Polymorph? No, it is other. It's other. It's other. Oh, so you can turn people into toads? Into toads, into gnats, yeah. If you kill them, they turn back into what they were. It's not Uh, quite that good. No. Um, So if if you turn them into an ant... And then tread on them. They turn back into the, and they have all their hit points minus what you did on the ant. It's not that great. No, but it's no. okay. I don't have to learn it. And the other one I like the look of is uh, banishment. Ooh. Okay, tell us about banishment. Uh, well, that sends people to other planes. <laughs> when you say people, are we talking about people who come from other planes? No, no. If you come oh, from really? another plane, you go one place. If you don't, you go. It's, it has different effects. Uh, right. Okay. Uh, so that's quite cool. Um, a lot of your pages haven't got stuck together, have they? Graham, yeah. and you haven't flicked too far ahead. Well, I might have changed my mind now that I know you've done that. Well, why don't we do you? You are next round the table, Burple. Well, it's the same. It's the same for Burple. He gets a fourth, a fourth level spell. Yeah, you get a fourth. I was going to pick Dimension Door, but I was torn between that and Confusion. Oh, I don't get that. That's quite nice. Confusion it would be more of an offensive type spell, and I was like, well, Dimension Door is just too useful because you can take somebody with you. Mm. I'm sorry, but I'd always picked Dimension Door out of those two. 
Yeah, but I only get one. So it's like... We can only cast one, but you can presumably know more than one. No, oh. I only know one. One new spell. Oh, dear. <laughs> I could take two, but I've swapped it out for something else. So I've, I've swapped out heroism mm-hmm. in for fairy fire. Well, that's... But I could... I could alternatively swap it in for confusion. Fairy fire is quite useful, you see. Fairy fire is a good spell. Yeah. If I can see invisibility, it kind of rounds that whole thing off. Yeah. It's it's an odd one, fairy fire. It's like, you never think of it as being, I don't know, but every edition consistently, fairy fire is like, oh, okay, yeah. Decent spell. Never sounds great. Sounds like eh, a bit wishy-washy. But mm. no. No, it's good. Invisible creatures so you- won't work. Are you deciding now? Is that a decision or are you... Well, what do do we put... I mean, if we can Dimension Door, I mean, it might be... If I had Dimension Door as well, we could Dimension Door four of us. Mm. And leave Parker behind. Yeah. Yeah, excellent. Let's do that. (laughs) Well, it's Bugraft, I was really thinking about. Um, Parker can reach from wherever he is. Parker can stay at home and just reach out (laughs) through the window. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. But it's 600 foot range, Dimension Door. It's pretty chunky. Um, What do you think, Graham? What do you think, Lucas? What does everyone think? Mm. Take Dimension Door, it's a get-out-of-jail-free card. Yeah, but it's not very offensive, is it? No, I mean, the problem with, the problem with Burple is he's not very offensive. Well, I was offended. <laughs> well, you get I think you're the <laughs> only, singing's you're the only one that can cast offensive spells. I'm going to take Confusion, just for the variety. What does Confusion do? Done. It's a 15-foot radius, and you basically roll on a d10, and on four out of five every round, you end up either missing your round or hitting somebody next to you or yeah. just basically oh cool yeah yeah. there's a one in five chance that you act normally otherwise you either stand around doing nothing or just or hit, randomly hit, hit things. things or run away run in a random direction it's one of <laughs> yeah. them right got you. <laughs> yeah it's great it's the same system as the, the, the what we would call the Uncle Buggy mm-hmm. program uh, <laughs> yeah talking of whom Uncle Buggy tell us about being 7th level Uncle Buggy well he's taken another level of cleric so he's a 5th level barbarian 2nd level cleric yep basically barbarians get deathly boring after 5th level once they've got their 2nd attack so I don't want to do anything more with a barbarian I'm now going to focus on cleric and do spells that are going to enhance my attacking capabilities that's interesting and healing yourself yeah so I'm basically going to stand at the front and do I've said that so many times do loads of damage. <laughs> we know we've idea. heard it so many times. Still waiting. Well, you're a second level um, cleric, so you don't get access to anything new, right? You just, no, yeah. not really. Just another first level spell. But I do. I think I do get something to do with my channel divinity. I have this destructive wrath, which means mm-hmm. if I use my channel divinity as a sort of reaction, I can do maximize my wrath of storm, thunder, or lightning damage to do 16 yes. points of damage. So that could be the thing that finishes the finishes my opponent off. Is that the reaction power? Yes. It's a and reaction. it's 2d8, so you basically maximize it using your channel divinity. Yeah. See, I really like how all of these things, all these little switches all interlock. I know D&D, I know 5th edition is not as kind of fiddly as, you know, widgety as Pathfinder or whatever, which I think is our natural home, isn't it, in terms of editions? Well, except that we're getting no, old. No, I like five. And I... So simple, simple works. <laughs> I like simple. I like... It's just that we needed to get to this kind of level. Yes, mm-hmm. start to hit the sweet spot, and things start to interlock and connect, and it becomes a bit more complex as a yes. game, and that's what we want. So that's good. Any other uh, interesting things? No. Are people taking average for hit points? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, in that I'm case, we will roll finish 20. with Hats. the new addition to our adventurers, Alessandra. Hello. Alessandra doesn't get any choices but she gets a defensive and an offensive kind of 
additions. So she gets the 46 sneak attack, so it becomes increasingly useful. Yeah. And she straight also, rogue. Straight rogue. And she also gets evasion. Oh. Oh. Does evasion work as well as evasion always has, or is it... When you are subject to an effect that allows you to make a dex saving throw to take only half damage, you instead take no damage if you succeed on your saving throw, and only half damage if you fail. Yeah, that's cool. Disapprove. So she can stay in the game for longer. She doesn't have huge amounts of hit points, so... Oh, now there's an interesting question. So if I've got my 15-foot reach for one round, does that mean that as long as I'm within 15 foot of the uh, target that you get your sneak attack because I'm threatening their square? If you're threatening, oh, fuck off. If you're threatening the square, <laughs> I believe that's, oh, I think that's, that's do, the case, yeah. yes. What I really don't like at this level of D&D <laughs> is how all the rules start to interlock with each other and all the yeah. powers start to kind of connect and you get that extra level of complexity, which I think we can all live without. <laughs> I think... I think the thing is, is that the kind of the assassin style that she's going for means that she is probe, so she wants to go in and go first. And not great. Seriously, her strength is going to be if she can get in and attack somebody before they have a chance to take an action, then she's pretty strong. And these things that have come up allow her then to stay in. She's got the ability to go at range if need be with the crossbow, but the actual because she's got the crossbow feet, she does that at base to base combat don't really know much about her though she's a bit of a stranger well you'll find out over time assassin i don't should we be hanging around with assassins no i think we should ditch her at the first opportunity fine (laughs) (laughs) this is more like it that's fine so you've got burple we've got okay fine we've got um okay yeah so we're all done including yeah and if anyone dare mention the m word (laughs) You've also got some loot. There's been a lot of chatter this week. (laughs) A lot. (laughs) Both of our dear readers, I warn you now, it will not have escaped your notice that we struggle, or rather they struggle, to divide up loot. There's been a lot of discussion about the best method to do so from now on. We have a process, um, dear readers, around how to allocate magic in the future to potentially cut down the number of arguments and the hours dedicated to them, I have to say that I'm not <laughs> sure that no. the solution that has been elected no. is actually going to do that, but Still we're going to give it arguments. a try. We're going to try something called the magic dice system. I am now going to try and explain it to you, but I'm not going to do it in detail because in detail, I just would lose the will to live. Just so that you've got some kind of clarity about what we're about to do as we get into it. Each of our characters is allocated a number of dice that they can roll when trying to win a magic item from the pot of magic items. That number of dice is reflective of how many magic items they already have. So if you've got lots of magic items, you have fewer dice to throw into the contest than if you have very few magic items. So far, pretty straightforward. The next part of it is that they have to split those dice between the different items that they're going for. So if you have 10 dice and three items, you might allocate three to one, three to another, four to the last one. It's up to you. You can allocate however many dice you feel you need to to give yourself a decent chance of winning the items that you really want. And you may want to withdraw entirely from contests for items that you're not interested in. So far, so good. Everybody happy with that so Mm -hmm. far? Yep, yep. Other than that, there's not much else to say. If there's a draw between two people contesting for the same item, then they roll their dice again. The idea is that you have more dice to throw in more effectively for the items that you want if you're falling behind the others. And it may serve to even out things. More importantly, 
it might be quite fun to uh, listen to because it turns into a little bit of a game. We've got four items in the pot this evening and we are going to try this new system out. First of all, I think we should introduce our contestants. <laughs> we should have got music or something. A question, Gone. Are we aggregating the dice or rolling all the dice to get the highest individual number? You're aggregating the dice. That was the whole point of it. Was it was never that clear. That didn't last long. You are all the dice that you're allocating to a particular contest. And adding them up. Yep. Mm. Okay, so now I Rather see than seeing who gets the highest individual number on a no, single ah, dice. Now I know what you, I understood what you meant. Because <laughs> if you did the individual dice, yeah, you'd no, have no, much I mean, more variability. Adding them all up, yeah. No, if, if you add them all up, then by having more dice, you're bound to win. Yes. If Not you, necessarily. You're much more likely to. If you do it on you're an more individual dice, to. the people with the lower number of dice have got a bigger outside chance of winning. But you're going to get into much more kind of draws and stuff like that. There won't be... Then you have roll-offs. Yeah, but I think part and parcel of this was that it was supposed to be kind of fairly, kind of straightforward and quick, as well as fun. <laughs> I think the thing that we should uh, feed into the discussion at this point is that <laughs> Graham has by far the fewest dice. <laughs> yes, in exactly. This, in this upcoming contest. <laughs> yes. And therefore, everything's gained by the whole thing being massively swingy and dynamic. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go through the players. Burple has 10 magic... Burple, come on down. Welcome to the show. Burple has 10 magic dice to throw into the contest. Uncle Buggy. Uncle uh, Buggy. Family in the audience. <laughs> Big night out for Uncle Buggy and the Thank Buggy you, family. Thank you. He says they're his family. Nine magic dice to throw into yeah. the contest. Sessions, looking grumpy at the back. Six magic dice to throw into the contest. The new yeah. player... Or rather, the new character, Alessandra, who basically doesn't have any magic, as a result has 12 magic Boo. dice to throw into the Boo. contest. I and think we should take some more. Last eight. and also least, Parker, who is also festooned with magic items, has six dice to throw into Boo. the contest. What our players are going to be doing is picking the items that they want the most and throwing in as many dice from their total as they feel might win them the item that they want. Except actually, I would like to... Yeah. I would like to give up an item. Oh, Burple. Ooh. Okay, so you're ready to gamble. Right. So the way this works, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, is that, that Burple can raise the number of dice he has available to the competition by sacrificing an item into the pot, thereby changing his magic dice number. We're not going to go into the mass of it now because we don't understand them. But <laughs> what are what? you going to sacrifice Burple? Are we rolling for the magic now or are we, rolling f are we going to go and find uh, people and maybe find a magic? I suppose there is a motivation to sell stuff that you have, yes. turn it into money, thereby reducing your magic item count, yes. uh, but not putting the item out for other people to win. Is that what you're thinking? Basically, yes. Uh, and also... I thought um, we decided we weren't having the uh, magic item economy. What? No, this is a sneaky way of getting a higher number of dice. The way that it works in Evenstar, at least, because Evenstar is a large city, is that you can sell items for half the book value of the item. And then get more dice. Yeah. Technically, technically, your dice is calculated on how many magic items you have. I have a feeling we're heading towards the argument that I've been hoping to avoid by having the system, but there we go. Have we added up all the other sort of cash and stuff that we've got? There's a rug. There's, there's a magical yeah. rug that's worth about 500 gold pieces. Uh, there was about 60 gold pieces, I think, of other stuff. I can there's tell you. 500 GP worth of jewellery. No, there we go. And Just totally it all up. So we've got 1,000 GPs worth. So what are you putting in the pot, Dan? 200 each. Well, that's the decision. Are you going to wait until you can go out and sell things that you have in order to reduce your item, item count and turn I it into cash? I think we should do that. 
we should take all the stuff to and the we authorities. Have a long rest as well. Have a long rest and then roll for the magic. Yeah. Well, what were you thinking of selling? I mean, I might want to buy it. Half plate. Magic half plate. Plus one half plate. I'm wearing half plate already. Are you? I'll buy it off you. Yeah? After the magic rolls. No. <sighs> How much money do you want for it? Well, it's 1750 is the list price. Mm. So, you know, something in the region of a grand. I've got 424 gold pieces plus whatever I'm getting. So that's 166 GP each. What? Why? 500 for the rug, 500 for, by the jewellery. Yeah, and there's and five there's, of us. I thought there were six of us. That's, that's, you're oh, right. I don't get any. I don't get the money. I, I think it's probably right. <laughs> Yeah. So 200 each. Yeah, DM share, innit? Yeah. yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Commission. All right. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks very much. 200 each. Buy yourself a drink. 200 each. I want to sell the half plate. Bugraft, do you want it for a 1125? If I sell my half plate that I've got on the moment for half value, I should have enough. Can I take it that you are leaving the Sodden Hold? Yes. Okay. I'm taking all the papers and things. And yeah, you're heading those in the... to, I think there was a tavern that you decided that you might stay in, but I don't know if you finally settled upon it because you... When we talk about authorities, can you just remind... So the Sorcerer's Spire is where Waterface is. What's her face? I've the and right no, she's got a house. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Where's, no, the where's, Spire is the is the University of, of Wizardry. Where's Eligos? If we look at the map of Evenstar, yeah. Eligos resides in a district called Nine Deeps, which is a sort of most prestigious district of Evenstar, and she lives in a street called the Street of Fountains. And you know the address. Hesty Testapod gave it to you before you left the cave near Diamond Lake. Is she an authority? I thought mean, so she was a head of some some order or something Eligos is uh, well she's just been recommended to you by Hesty Testapod she is a sort of a sage an academic an archaeologist right so not an authority but she has people working for her okay so well she had Alessandra Alessandra working for her yeah but we need to we've got all this stuff that we need to give to the authorities right right? so the authorities that's different yes the the, the place you would start in terms of the authorities is I mean I don't know if you can just march up to the front door and see how you do but Nestled at the foot of Marshall's Mount, where the keep is, there's the governor's palace, which is kind of where the city civic administration is run from. That would probably be a decent place to start with your bag of evidence. That's actually also in Nine Deeps, really only just round the corner from Elagos's house. You're only about four blocks north of all of well, this. Well, we should go and see her. Why don't we just go and sell everything? Then we can go and do the handover documents. Yes. Because you never know what will happen when we hand over the document. Someone might yeah. arrest yes. us, or yes. and you may never get to sell whatever it is you want to yeah. sell. We do a long rest, then go and sell all the stuff, and then roll off for all the magic, and then go and hand over the documents. Sounds like a plan. You are you taking your long rest in your in your hidden in your yes. your right? Yes, let's go and sell the stuff after we've had the long rest. After, so okay. we're going to take the long rest in our new layer. This is now ours. That's true. Nobody else resides. Well, there. apart from the mind flayer. Well, we can deal with the mind. We don't know about the mind flare yet. Yes. Yeah, we need to be a little bit careful. Well, you know, if everywhere has a drawback, you know, small garden. (laughs) It could also be trained as a guard dog. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Noisy flare in the closet. (laughs) Okay, so let's take a long rest. Maybe you adopt this complex of secret chambers. At at least for a long rest. As your base, certainly for a long rest. Then you emerge. I need to ask Graham, the rules counsellor, I have a question for you. Can you take more than one eight-hour long rest in a 24-hour period? I don't know. Yes, I guess so. I mean, okay, time, let's assume it? you can. I'm sure one of our readers, both of our readers, might... Um, no, they aren't going to write in, are they? Anyway, whatever. 
It's an abstract concept, isn't it? So it's still... I'll check. What? The 21st of Fumbulary. And now it will be kind of morning. Uh, you emerge into a crisp, bright Fumbulary day in Evenstar. Where do you want to head to do something about selling your so the magic shop. Alessandra can help here. The armourers. You want to sell armour, don't you? Alessandra kind of knows these things. You don't really have that much in the way of magic shops. You go to a place called Lyard, uh, which is in... You've got kind of various gambling halls and things like that where you can kind of trade them. Gambling halls. It's it's kind of local authorities don't really take much notice of it because it's not really allowed, but that's where you go and do it. You're not allowed to sell things. There's no mercantile economy here. Do you want to jump in? Yeah. Exploring the tunnels under the city is forbidden without an official commission. The number one source of looted treasure is from freebooters who explore illegally under the city. So officially, the city frowns upon individuals hawking around magical artifacts for money. They just don't like it very much. Nevertheless, they turn a blind eye to the bustling market in magical items that takes place in the gambling halls down a long strip called the Paths of Probability, which is where all the gambling halls are located. Alessandra is right. That is where it all happens. And the money is laundered effectively through the tables. You can't take more than one long rest in a 24-hour period. You can't. So actually, we're talking about you waiting around until moon day, the 22nd of Fumbulary. Yeah. That's fine. Fair enough. That's fine. And then you can head to the paths of probability, which run through, they kind of snake through Lyard, which is a bit of a, you know, a rundown district. Theatres, ale halls, dragon chess houses, and gambling halls, casinos, which is where, you know, sessions, you're in your element. There's Squeezer's Palace. (laughs) Sounds good. (laughs) There's the DMGM Grand. DMGM Grand. Excellent. Yeah. (laughs) and if you sidle around one of these establishments you can find buyers for the gear that you want to sell and you can ask and make inquiries about gear that you want to buy that will of course cost you more depending upon how difficult it is to acquire something that you're after you may have to wait and you may have to wait a little bit of time to get a buyer as in i've got a suit of armor to sell the person you're talking to doesn't just open a bag of holding and hand you a pile of gold pieces it's more like there's a network it's like they've got the gossip network of all gossip networks these these traders that hang around lurk around in the gambling halls so you ask the right person the right question you may have to wait a bit but something will happen consumables by the way well alessandra can tell you about consumables well, consumables. Um, there's Being well a, prepped, Paul. There's a few shops where Lyard borders the Cloak and Dagger district. The students at the Sorcerer's Spire craft potions and scrolls to sell in order to supplement their income. There yeah. you go. Basically, Lyard kind of abuts the Cloak and Dagger. Cloak and Dagger is a district that's close to the Sorcerer's Spire. So there's a where the two districts bleed into each other. You have a bit of a hybrid area where trainee wizards sell stuff. And it's all they all abut nine dips. Why is there a bridge called the Only Bridge when there's actually when it was two built, of them? it was the Only Bridge. <laughs> okay. I mean, you know, ask a silly question. <laughs> you tout around your clobber. You can find the right people to talk to. Who wants to sell what? I want to sell half plate plus one. I thought Johnny wanted to buy that. Well, Johnny Johnny has first refusal. If, if okay. Bugraft wants to buy it, yes, he so can have first refusal. But I have to sell my half plate first. But it's not magical, your half plate. You can just sell that in... Lyard has got smithies, foundries. Okay. Um, Resined is really where all the kind of metalworking takes place. So half price, 
you can find an armorer where you'd be selling at half price, yeah. 375, so... Don't you need to get it clean first, Bugraft? Can you make 11.25? No, I can't at the moment. How, sh how short are you, Uncle Bugraft? How short are you? I am... It's about three foot two. Uh, I've got 999 gold pieces. I'll lend you the balance. Well, you can owe me the other... If you, if you give me 925, yeah. Yeah. you can owe me 200. Okay, that's fair enough. Thanks. Make sure you write that down somewhere. I am certainly no, writing it. Forget yeah. about that, won't we? <laughs> oh, okay, so Buggy, you're down to seven magic dice. Burple, you're up to twelve dice. You're up to twelve dice. Yeah. What next? You're up to twelve dice. How does he mm -hmm. get up to twelve dice? Because I've only got two Monday nights. So uh, I then mm -hmm. want to. I want to buy. No, no, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, no, of course. I was wondering how long it would take you to work that one out. No, I'm fine. Let's, yeah, I'm fine. let's now roll oh, for the magic. I'll do my shopping later. <laughs> yeah, I'll okay. do my shopping later. And like I said, it'll take time to source stuff. Can be hours if it's something really common and whatever, but more likely, more likely days could be weeks if okay, you ask Okay, I'm looking for a plus really one breastplate. A plus one breastplate. Somebody would probably be able to find one of those within a couple of days. Okay. Uh, and it will cost you... It's 1,500 plus the cost of a breastplate, right? And the cost of a breastplate, I think, is 400 GP. So it's 1,900 GP. And it will take you, it will take him a few days to secure one for you. Okay, so I'm about 200 short, Graham. <laughs> Can I borrow 200 off you? Can I pass on Johnny's debt to you? You mean the debt I was going to lend him? So he yeah. could pay you the full amount? Yeah. Uh, yes. Okay, thank you. It's 200. I'll just add 200. that to You secure your order with a deposit of half the value, and then you pay the balance when they turn up with the item. And you just have to kind of trust that they're going to do what they're going to do, All which right. they will do. Okay. Anybody else want to sell anything before we do our magic allocation? No. No fun. So let's go through the items that we have to win. Can we somebody start some... Start the conveyor belt. Well, we need some music or something. Our four items tonight are... No. Oh, that's Anglia Television. Yeah, so yeah here we go. From Norwich. It's the quiz of the week. It's the quiz of the week. Hello. <laughs> First of all, up this week, we have a ring of protection plus two. Be the envy of your friends and the scourge of your enemies with this beautiful, <laughs> beautiful ring. <laughs> Forged from 24 karat uh, uh, something. Mithril. Featuring a shield design inset with over 24 individual diamondique stones. The ring offers a plus two bonus to armor class. We've thrown in a plus two save package as well. Perfect as a gift for a loved one, or maybe treat yourself. God, Mike, you sound exactly like... Like what? Like Mike? Well, like those programs. <laughs> Next up, on our item roster, we have a Great Axe of Frost Plus One. It's a stunning great axe, crafted in only the finest materials. How sharp is that blade? Plus one sharp, if you're wondering. <laughs> and it has a surprise. <laughs> and it has a surprise in store. Give your enemies a chilly reception with a bonus one d six cold damage on a successful strike. <laughs> Next up, we have the wand of cure wounds, a perfect gift for a friend or relative who is carrying a life-threatening injury. <laughs> <laughs> I can't keep this up. Whittled from a single piece of willow, this wand is capped in attractive copper and can be used to cast cure wound spells at various slots. But be careful of those charges. <laughs> last, last 
and least, ladies and gentlemen, the word legendary is often overused. But feast your eyes on the short sword of the east wind. It's short, it's plus one, and it has only nine previous owners. Some light wear to the hilt of pommel. Uh, we've also got a scroll of uh, boring scroll of um, scroll of dominate person. Dominate person, Dan, yes. you could use that scroll as a bard. Can I might I? be able to use it as well, actually. I've yeah, just it may well be on your, uh, uh, spell, on the it be on your spell list for you to be able to decipher it. I think if it's a, above a level that you can cast, I think you have to make a roll. In fact, I posted the rules in the yes. you did. chat earlier today. Just one minute. Oh, yeah, it's on my spell list. Yeah, it's on mine too. Well, let's keep it as a party item, Dan. And then if we need it, one of us can cast it. Yeah. It's a one-use item. But we might yeah, as well keep it two of yeah. us can actually use it. Yeah. Okay. I'm ready to receive your bids. Are you going to take all the bids for all the items? I think you should. We... Yeah, yes. I think you should. I think we should yes. just... I'm watching the bidding boards. <laughs> it's coming bid. in now from purple. <laughs> it's coming in now. I'm seeing the numbers light up. I have a bid from Uncle Buggy. I have a bid from Sessions Eper. And I have a bid from Parker. Parker. And finally... Finally? Yes, a bid from Alessandra. Okay, let's go. Let's start then. Let's start with uh, running from top to bottom on my list, starting with the ring. Parker bids six dice. Buggy bids no dice. Burple bids 12 dice. Alessandra (laughs) bids 12 dice. Sessions bid no (laughs) dice. Let's roll. Wrong. Oh, that's a bit shit. 33. 26 Three. from Lucas. Oh, that was that close. That was 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 That was close. That was That was close. That was That That can I go and now sell my plus one greatsword, which I'm no longer using? Yeah, I mean, a, you could sell the short sword of the East Wind, for example. Did no one bid for that? I mean, it would be a tragedy. It's got some sort of historical value, though. Or it can just it can just hang around and wait for the next time that somebody wants to. I don't know. If people really wanted it, people would have put dice in for it. That's the way. That's the way the system works. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Tonight's beer, by the way, is again clad or to pale. Mm. Paul, they do a thing where they kind of evolve their recipe. Mm-hmm. Basically, all they're doing is selling you their market research, which is, you know, cheeky. That's but they basically mark up the beers and say, this is recipe variant two, three, whatever. Oh, that's a clever piece of marketing. Yeah. Can I sell my plus one greatsword? I don't know how much that would be worth. You can sell your plus one greatsword for 525 gold pieces. I presume you're sitting in the corner of some casino somewhere, picking up the dice from one of the so tables and, and allocating the, the magic to yourselves. craps. Yep, playing craps, yeah. What next? Well, we want to go and return the to stuff. the authorities. The authorities, yeah. Yeah, well, that's a pretty straightforward process, actually. If you visit City Hall, um, the governor's palace, there's a fairly standard kind of setup in the sense that you can walk into the open atrium and there are a couple of people behind desks who take general public inquiries and you walk up and, you know... Heave the stuff onto the desk and go, take a look at that, or something. Well, a sort of low-level functionary (laughs) looks very sniffily at you. 
pulls out a pair of glasses and she starts leafing through them and looking pretty dismissive. But the further that she leafs through them, the slower her leafing becomes <laughs> and the less dismissive she looks. And every now and again, she starts looking up at you. She says, where did you get these? We found them. Fell off the back of a cart after that incident. Okay. May I take a name? Jeff. (laughs) (laughs) The Jeff. (laughs) Jeff. Okay, she won't say. So I made the check out to... No, look, we'll give her the the address. I made the check out to Jeff. Yep. (laughs) The check. The reward. This is very interesting material. I'm going to... um, If you wouldn't just... Cash? Would you mind just waiting here for a moment? And she leaves about half the papers on the desk, but takes about half of them with her. She disappears through a door, and there's an extended wait. A light filters through the windows. People come and go. There's a sort of squeak of chairs being moved, kind of echoed around, kind of big hallway. After about half an hour, she comes out with an, uh, another officer who looks like she's a member of the regiment, a member of the Order of the Broken Staff. She's wearing their sort of standard leather armour with the emblazoned, moulded mark of the uh, piece of broken um, bread, which is the, the foundation of the, 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 the Order. And this officer walks up to you. She says, did you bring these papers in? What's it to you? <laughs> They're yes. very interesting. She's sort of got... Yes, we did. Yes, we The did. functionary has got most of the papers yeah. that she took away with her, and she's sort yeah. of sorting them back into the pile yeah. that she left behind. But this uh, member of the regiment, she extends a hand yes. to... Um, let me roll randomly. I mean, the best person to extend a hand to, obviously, is Parker, because he can extend a hand from, like, 15 <laughs> foot away. Well, I'm not sure she wants me to extend a hand from... She extends a hand to Burple. She says, my name yes. is Captain Smen Hendley. Hello, Captain Smen Hendley. Miss, um, what's your name again? Miss Smoo. Miss Smoo here. <laughs> she says that she doesn't. You didn't say where you'd found these. No, we d- we give her the address of the warehouse. We tell oh, her oh, the yeah, backstory. I know it. I know it. I know it. She sort of makes. She seems to make a mental note. These are worth. I mean, I. It looks like you found something rather explosive, if that's the right term. I think the city owes you a debt of gratitude. Would you be prepared to hand these papers to me? I can give you a receipt, of course. And would you be prepared to leave a, a contact address so that if we needed to ask you any more questions, we could? Because if you would be prepared to do that, I'd be prepared to offer you now a reward of 2,000 gold pieces for this information. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sounds like a deal. Excellent. Excellent. Now, um, let's let's get all of the paperwork sorted. Uh, Smoo, can you do that, please? Yes, of course I can do that. Mm-hmm. And there's a bit of sort of footling about with bits of paper and a stamp that's used sort of passive aggressively lots of kind of yes okay fine i can just, just do the thing <laughs> and you are handed two thousand gold pieces in a city marked drawstring bag or two lovely 400 gp each yes and oh, i get 600 someone's giving me 200 back now you were given a receipt on stamped municipal paper for the papers it just says assorted papers potentially leading to the arrest of criminals and you have to hand her an address which address do you hand her this is going to be funny let's give her hasty testaports well you can give her eligos's address yeah give her eligos's address okay well when you hand over eligos's address she looks at it looks at you raises an eyebrow pockets the piece of paper says very well thank you very much the city is grateful excellent i won't hold you up 
any longer. Where are we uh, standing And then you again? repay your 200 debt, yeah? So I'd pass that on to Johnny. So Johnny had paid you... Johnny 200. pays me my 200 debt then. Thank you, Johnny. Yes. And how much do we get? Well, I... 400 Yes, each. I did that already. Everyone gets 400, apart from yeah, Johnny Graham gets 200, and I want my it. 600. Yeah. Now, quick so, question. Does anyone want to buy the pipe of smoking from me? What does that do again? It's like 1d8 of healing once a day. Uh, how much? Bale of hay. Bale of hay. Uh, it's no. like... I'm trying to work out what Mike said it was worth. It's worth... Well, I mean, on the open market, you'd be lucky to get... 250, 250 gold, gold pieces for it, yeah. It's all gone very quiet. It's one round action for one D8 healing. It's a standard action. You can standard use it once action. per day for a D8's worth of healing. No, I'll buy it off you. In your okay. okay. Set it to you for 200. Done. Excellent. It counts against your magic. A very admin y uh, session. Yeah. Then we go and see Eligos. I want to know when that armor comes in. It's currently have an armor class of 12. Do you? Armor class 12. Uh, how does buying armor work then? You have to pay half the money and wait. Yeah, but it's 1500 plus the value of the armor, is it? Yes. Yes, exactly right. Oh, okay. We can tidy up any issues you have around visiting the gambling halls to do some more item trading or purchasing later. What do you want to do now? Go and see Eligos. Hmm. You want to go and see Eligos. It's just around the corner from City Hall, so mm. that's a relatively straightforward little trip. Nine Deeps is a very well-appointed area. Broad streets, expansive plazas high status buildings you find your way up the street of fountains and you find Elagos's house it's a white stone wall a manicured yard trimmed hedges exotic fauna it's eternal spring it's very like Hesty Testapods little plot of land even though it's the 22nd I think of Fumbulary and a crisp late winter early spring day in Eligos's garden, there's exotic ferns and tropical fauna, and it seems warmer and brightly coloured birds flit from tree to tree. There's a cobbled path that you can walk up, flanked by a pair of pools. There's statues of rearing dragons and a big white marble manor house with gilded double doors in front of you. But before you get about halfway up the path, a figure appears wringing its hands as an elderly gentleman. Oh, good afternoon. Uh, my name is Bunce Bumper Umper. Uh, <laughs> may I inquire as to the nature of your visit? <laughs> yeah, we came to experience your accent. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> the accent may even hold together for sentences, whole sentences of the time. <laughs> Actually, thinking about it, it's sort of falling apart already. <laughs> anyway, well, a bit. Okay. Um, may I inquire as to the nature of your visit? We were recommended to your mistress by a hasty testimony. Wait a second, isn't that young Alessandra? I see at the top. Yes. Hello, Bonds. <laughs> Hello, Alessandra. Bonds. How are you? Are these people with you? Yes, they are. Well, 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 come in, come in. He Thank beckons you. you forwards. I'll find my mistress for you. He takes you through these giant doors. There's a huge lobby. As you walk in, there's a bit of a weird moment where you see your cells coming towards you on the other side of the lobby. You look like yourselves, but you don't look like yourselves. And then you realise that you're looking at a giant mirror. And there isn't really an opening out into a more garden behind the lobby. It's just this huge mirror that sits in a sort of recess at the far side of the lobby. And you realise you're wearing, you're still wearing outward bound ranger militia leathers the disguises that you were originally wearing yeah. and you just look like different people it's a kind of weird moment where you kind of see yourselves and then you're not yourselves and then you sort of shake it off 
and he takes you up this wide sweeping staircase and he uh, if you wouldn't mind taking it alessandra and um, you would look after our Oh, you're our guests. Oh, that'd be all right. And um, I will get. I'm, I'm going to get some refreshment and get my mistress. If you can just wait here, uh, please. And he points you into sort of parlour. There's bookcases. You know, there's paintings with strange vistas, strange locations. There's a painting of what you assume must be the barrier cliffs that Evenstar sits on top of, but painted as it were from the perspective of being down in the lands that wait, looking up through lush foliage, up at these rearing miles high cliffs with birds wheeling and clouds above you it's kind of slightly strange because nobody as far as you know nobody ever would travel there there's a painting of the Orcian system all of the planets as they're you know a bit like your orrery a long strip painting that runs all the way along one wall showing all of the planets there's a painting of a vast ashen plain there's a rug across a well-polished wooden floor and the rug depicts some battle between the forces of good and evil and it bonce bomper omper up flits backwards and forth every time he pops in he, he brings something else so it's like a little tray of mints and then it's tea and then it's water and then it yes yeah, sweet meats and every time he's like oh she won't be long she won't be long she won't be in a second and eventually this middle-aged woman does in fact appear she's wearing a red robe her eyes are wells of sort of a deep gray but there are specks of red in her eyes her hair is red like a vibrant uh, crimson but there's a bit of grey at the temples. And she sort of regards you from the doorway. Uh, she looks at Alessandra. Alessandra. And then she looks at the rest of you. She says, you wish to speak to me? My name is Elagos. How can I be of assistance? And you can tell her how she could be of assistance next week. No. Oh. 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 <laughs> oh. Oh. The Billowing Hilltop podcast is a Billowing Hilltop production. Dungeons and Dragons is a trademark of Wizards of the Coast. The Hall of Harsh Reflections and Age of Worms are copyright Paizo. The Hall of Harsh Reflections was written by Jason Bullman. Music is from Kevin McLeod and Incompetech.com and is used with thanks under the Creative Commons license. Additional music and sound effects come from the wonderful Sirenscape. All other original material is copyright Billowing Hilltop. Role-playing games are all about getting people together and we use Roll20 as our tabletop, the perfect place to host your game and Discord to host our chat. Thanks for listening.